everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. All right, today we're going to be talking about uh, a figure in Indian history that no matter what we do, we can never ignore. And uh, uh, as as they say, Pindravale, or as if you are from the Hindi Hindi belt, you will call him Bindranwale. And if you are a Punjabi from the Punjabi belt, we call him Pindravale. And uh, his name keeps cropping up. And I was like, I want to do a podcast on Pindravale and try and understand who he was and then I was like Kise baat karu? and there is only one person that honestly my brain could say ki, who could do justice to this because uh, she was someone who covered this on a literal hands-on basis if I would say because she used to meet uh, Pindrawale uh, in, inside the Golden Temple along with a few other journalists I remember Shekhar Gupta was there and a few other Western journalists were there so it is an absolute pleasure to have Tavleen Singh on the podcast Tavleen thank you very much for coming Thank you. So, uh, if I let's start like this. When was the first time you heard of this gentleman, Jinan Singh uh, Pindrawale? And uh, like, when was your first experience where I was like, Acha, ye hai kya Why, how, how the hell has he propped up? Where, when did you start hearing the whispers of him climbing the ranks? Okay, I'm not going to name any names, but I happen to had, you know, one of them is dead, but I had some friends who were very good friends with Sanjay Gandhi. Um, I'm talking about the late 70s, right? The um, Akalis were running quite a good government in, um, in Punjab, and they were very keen to make their impression. They were Punjabis. I mean, one of them was, a, I suppose them were six, and they thought that they would um, get into Sanjay Gandhi's good books by suggesting to him that the Congress party, if it wanted to come back in Punjab, that it needed to take the Akalis on, on their terms, you know, with a religious preacher. Now, I happen to know this from one of them who confessed all this to me the day after Blue Star and God rest his soul. He's not with us anymore, but he said that he was very guilty about having done this. Now, what they did, these guys, and they were, you know, young, they were in their 30s or something like that. They were not very old. Same age as Sanjay Gandhi. I think they were in school with him or something. Anyway, they then persuaded him. That's when I first heard of him because, you know, until then, nobody had heard of him. And they persuaded him somehow to contest the SGPC elections. He lost everything, every seat. And then he said, uh, you know, Naini, Rabani, Chonda, Timatani, Karna, Vagara, Vagara, Vagara. And they brought a, a relic of, I won't mention who, because otherwise you will know, very, of a sick hero. And they brought it to him and said, you know, and they persuaded him to come back into this game. And it was only after that that and at that point i heard from them that money had been sent by the congress party to him so that's my first encounter with uh, i mean i didn't meet him then i met him later but you know when they say that zelsing created him that's not true it was zelsing picked him up later and allowed him to do that uh, big tamasha on the bus all of but he was later to the story. So, in that sense, 
why what did they see in him to to even say okay no this guy could be work like did he have some sort of a following or did he have like the gift of speaking well what if somebody decides okay i'm going to invest in this particular person they must be seeing something in him right so what what exactly were they seeing in him he was wandering around in the villages of punjab and uh, converting the, for a start he was the head of the damdami taksal you must remember that that's a very important uh, taksal because it's where guru gobind singh wrote the granth the guru granth sahib i've been on getting into trouble again but it's where uh, pin and pin rawale was you know either already the head of the um, you know damdami taksal when they found him or became the head of it and he was making these speeches in the villages you know because this business of the drugs etc had already started in punjab uh, and so he was making quite good speeches and you know he had a religious following you know how easy it is to get somebody in a gurdwara to start you know giving you some sort of lecture and so he was doing that and they saw that in him secondly a lot of people saw i didn't but a lot of people saw him they they thought that he resembled guru gobind singh and you know he started copying guru gobind singh and was carrying around this silver teer and everything like this in an in a complete imitation of guru gobind singh so maybe that's what they saw him in and the fact that you know he was quite a good speaker and you know i wouldn't say he had charisma but you know a lot of fanatics uh, have an aura and that he definitely had you know when somebody is so fanatical about religion they you know even the worst kind of criminals who are pretending to be uh, you know uh, thing once they have an aura and he, that he definitely is so so okay so i i kind of get it and this is how usually uh, figures are propped up and picked up uh, i think one of the key characteristics is you have to be a good speaker where you can connect to people but like nobody inside the ecosystem who decided and took the call that you know he's got some really absurd views which are really out there we should not be doing thing like there was no pushback uh, when you look at it like nobody went and told uh, sanjay gandhi and many others that listen we're playing with fire here we should not do it this man could run out of our hands so they had so much confidence that we can crush him anytime we want to he wasn't you know they didn't see him as a major figure there was no television in those days there was only doordarshan there was you know he wasn't uh, for instance in amritpal singh has been on every television you know he everyone knows what he looks like in those days none of that existed and you know when he had this this um, fight with the nirankaris outside the golden temple is i think when um, the when the senior congress leaders saw the potential to co-opt him to their you know cause and and that's actually what they did without realizing that you know uh, i mean you can see that that they were so confident that zel singh allowed him to decide where he would be uh, arrested if, if i do you remember that he actually decided the date and the time of his arrest and before that he and his 
followers were wandering around half of North India, you know, in a bus going to Gurdwara after Gurdwara. So, you know, I, I really think that they didn't understand the potential that a man like that has to make trouble. I still, I, I think they still don't, you know. I mean, I, I, I see very little understanding of, uh, um, you know, of what the sick um, peasant can uh, relate to. And one of the things that he relates to very well is courage, right? So, and if you take on the state, the, he relates to that very, very well. So, you know, I mean, and it was only after he went into the Golden Temple that people realized he could be dangerous. But also, please remember that just as today, the Akalis and the Congress are discredited, they were very discredited then. You know, there was no mainstream leader in Punjab who could have taken him. Uh, Badal could have, but I don't think that he was that credible. And, you know, he kept talking about the betrayal of Punjab. You know, he said, na Chandigarh milia, na pani, pani You know, all of that was, he was stirring it up. And then he picked up the Akali's agenda. And so they were left dangling. I mean, you know, Longowal for a long time was in the Golden Temple. You know, he was in the uh, Ramdas Nivas and Pindrawali was in the Gurunanak Nivas. And, you know, I, I don't know whether they met often, but I think they did meet. And maybe Longawal, I think, was in the Golden Temple during Blue Star. I think he had to be taken out. So, you know, the moderates were, the moderate Pantic leaders, as they're called, were um, not there. And he, you know, I don't know, He, I think he became a little bit uh, drunk on his own power when he moved into the Golden Temple, you know. So then, you, you know, when you create something like that and that person begins to think of himself as Guru Govind Singh, you know, you're really in big trouble. Yeah, that that's the bit that I find fascinating. So first, I want to connect to the, the courage. I mean, uh, I get the courage aspect, but don't you think, uh, I mean, as Punjabis, don't you think, and, and I include the Haryana belt also in this, there is some serious for machismo issues in the Punjabi Haryanvi mindset. Like, yeah. the state is armed with rocket launchers and God knows what today the state yeah. is nuclear. I mean, and but this is there is this far machismo mindset that is so deeply embedded in the Punjabi and uh, psyche on that, both uh, sides of the border. Yeah, on yeah. both sides of the border. That's why Punjabis are hated on both sides of the border. <laughs> you know, please believe me, it's not just in in India, that they think that Punjabis are arrogant and, you know, too confident of their culture and they take over everything, etc. On that side of the border, it, it's a Punjabi problem. <laughs> you know, I mean, the army is full of Jat Muslims, you know, I mean, the same tribes as the Jat Sikhs, you know. So it's it's a kind of um, mentality that that I understand very well because, you know, I've grown up with it. And it's the first thing that they teach a Punjabi boy, Ladanai, you know, Maranai, that kind of thing. So, you know, I mean, there was that. And so, and he actually used to mock Indira Gandhi publicly in, in the Golden Temple, you know, the Khadiyanga Panditani, no, I don't know, Pandit, no, not Panditani, he called her something else. But, you know, 
panditaditi, no, veklyange, and all that sort of business. So, you know, I mean, he he represented a kind of lunacy that took hold among, by the way, please remember that all of this nasha um, problem, etc., started when they stopped taking these jat Sikhs into the army. At one point, um, before Jagjeevan Ram changed the thing, you had to get into the army on merit. And these guys are really good for only that because, you know, they're tall, they're well-built, they, they can either join the president's bodyguard or the police, you know. I mean, they, they, and they were not very well-educated. And at that point, there was huge educated, unemployed youth in Punjab. You know, Harbinder Singh Sandhu and uh, his, uh, the guy who was his uh, assistant, they were the... They were student leaders. And it was these student leaders that were then brought in and they started, you know, talking about injustice, etc. But basically, the injustice was unemployment. Yeah, but community they never thought of student leaders. Yeah, it's, it's 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 actually insane that now you know I I and the perfect replica of this form of cheesemo is the current Punjabi music culture, which is so nauseating. If you ask me, like I oh. you know I grew up with a certain type of Punjabi music where Man Sab used to sing. Like you listen to Gurdas Man, he he talks about such serious issues of Punjab and the way he presents himself. But now you have this post nineties. It has come from the underground music industry in UK and now Canada yeah. has taken over everything with gangsters, uh, gangster yeah. rap and, and many other things. But with Bhindranwale, I have never understood this. Like he, okay, he entered, he he starts slowly creeping into the golden temple. Then he becomes the, the centrifugal force around the golden temple. But like, what would happen to pe- people inside the Golden Temple if they would raise their voice? Like, or nobody dared to do it or because, I mean, everybody knew they would be bumped up or something? Well, you know, when I first met him, when I first uh, interviewed him and I saw all these men around him, the, the, his guards had uh, automatic weapons. And because I asked him whether he'd taken money from the Congress party, that was my last question. I said to him, Sonia, because Congress party to bought Pesalita. And when I left the room, the photographer I was with was still there. And he said he started saying a BB corn haggy and you know, all of the sort of business. And these guys started bristling, you know, their I mean their weapons. And at that point, they weren't killing just sick women. He killed a lot of sick men. But sick women was somehow spared. But, you know, he started a campaign against me. There were posters that said women who pluck their eyebrows, you know, are not sick. You know, all this this sort of business. Because he had to justify why I had, you know, taken against him. But I want to tell you something interesting. He was very uh, amenable to being brought into uh, the mainstream of politics. He would have been very eager to be brought in. It was the fault of uh, Delhi. It was Mrs. Gandhi also, you know, who really was surrounded by people who didn't understand at all the Punjabi mentality and certainly not the Jat Sikh mentality, which is, you know, two degrees worse. 
than the normal Punjabi thing. The Jat Sikh mentality is, you know, <laughs> no, it, it really is is a phenomenon. And she, she didn't understand. Otherwise, really, if she wanted to talk to him, anyone could have arranged that. He would have been very eager to talk to her and to take over the Akali base and, you know, become a real politician. But she seemed to want these tensions or people around her felt that it wasn't important enough. I don't know. But he, you couldn't defy him without ending up dead. By the end, you know, people were being brought out, their bodies were in small pieces and, you know, in bodies coming out of the thing. And one victim was a judge woman who they thought was a spy or something. And she was shot just outside the Golden Temple. But otherwise, they were mostly sick men that he killed. Yeah, but this is very interesting. Oh, I remember the specific word in Punjabi. Something of that sort oh, they used to huh, accuse huh, you huh, for. Huh. Huh. Put the name or something like that. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Huh? yeah I, I distinctly remember this from one of the articles that was written about your experiences. I, I, I completely forget who had written this on Pindravale and you particularly. Because the fascinating thing is, were there any other women journalists who would go and interview him or you were the only one allowed? Uh, I think I might have been the only one. Yeah, there I were, think you were. There were men, male journalists. There was, uh, you know, Shekhar was there a lot. Yeah. And uh, there was something or the other who was an Amritsari journalist who they stabbed in the thigh. Huh? It was it was quite a dangerous place. So women didn't go. And the only, and I have to tell you proudly that the only woman that I saw take him on fully was um, Nirlep Kaur, who's, and, you know, I mean, her, her son married my sister. So, but, you know, I remember once that there were, you know, once he moved into the Akal Takht, you see, he became very paranoid. And he thought that every two minutes somebody was going to, and she, her, she, her ancestors freed the Golden Temple when it was taken over by those Muslims. What were they called? Um, um, what were they called? Anyway, it, you you know the the, the Masaranga or something like that, huh? And it was her ancestors who freed the golden. Temple. So she was very brave, and she was a very beautiful, tall woman. And she went to do her, you know, matha tekna in the darbarsa, and saw clothes hanging in the akaltakh, you know, uh, because they were living in the akaltakh. And she said she made a speech, you know, when she was sort of finished her parikrama, she said. Uh, uh, and these guys started shooting in there because they couldn't attack her. And I saw her get into her yellow Mercedes and drive off calmly. She wasn't scared of them. You see, and so that's the only other woman I know that, that was in the Golden Temple ever and took him on. But was there ever any moment because... Uh... You met Pindravale multiple times. You know, yeah. you went back and forth multiple times. You've asked. There's no one interview. I mean, you have a series of conversations with Pindravale. Was there ever a moment where you're like, Yar, ye... did you self-censor is what I'm trying to know. I didn't think he was dangerous to me. He was just one of the, like those pies, you know. I mean, you can't take them seriously. 
And I never treated him as, as some sort of, you know, terrorist at that point. So I did a, a story that was called, I mean, I did a column for the Sunday magazine, which also appeared in Hindi, called, and then they made it into Punjabi, called Why I'm Ashamed to Be a Sikh. So at, after that, our relations really became very, very strained. And um, my last meeting, which I've said before to many people, is was just days before, or maybe two weeks before Operation Blue Star, because, you know, they used to send me off every, my uh, bureau chief in Delhi was also a Punjabi. So he sensed what was going to happen. And he actually uh, very often tried to speak to people in Delhi and say, said, you know, let deal with him because, you know, he's, his main enemy was the police. They used to catch his, his men and torture them. They did the normal things that policemen do. And um, so, you know, he was kind of um, really not focused earlier on on political issues so much as on the police problem, you know. And, and then he became much bigger. But I'm losing the thread. What was I? What what was the question you asked me? No. So, were there any questions, or was there any fear associated with the men? Like, would you say I'm not going to ask him this question around people uh, with no, so no. many okay. guns? Once I wrote, "Why I'm ashamed to be a Sikh." Uh, I was in, I was completely persona non grata, but I had to keep going to the Golden Temple because Kevil Saab wanted, you know, to know what was going on inside. And by then, you know, in the last couple of months before Operation Blue Star, there were no intelligence agents left inside the, the, the Barsa because, you know, he was killing them. So I went, you know, to this, this final encounter with him was he was on the, there was a lot of tension in Amritsar and he was giving one of his, you know, big speeches on the roof of the, uh, of the Langar. Do you know the Langar building in the Darbarsa? So he'd taken to, to giving his talks there, surrounded with his militants, etc. And I was, for a start, not only the only woman in the gathering, but I was also wearing evening clothes because, you know, they thought that there was going to be an attack the next day. So I'd actually come back from a dinner party and been sent off in a Mukesh Kadapatta. And, you know, so I was really looking like a, you know, Chamkili creature right at the, and he saw me and he actually sent for me. And he said, he called me to the front of the audience. For the first time, I was a little bit scared because you know, every man there was armed except me and, and my, the photographer Sandeep with me. And he said, we be a tear. And so I said, oh, God. The, he called me then in front of everyone. He raised his voice and he said, And I thought, what do you say to that, you know, without inviting death? And so I actually, you know, somehow managed to, um, to answer by saying, And he said, And then he stormed out and he went down. It was, you know, you have to go down many steps to get there. And I said to Sandeep, let them all go down first. And you know, we'll go last so because, you know, if anyone's going to try and kill us, it's going to be on the steps. So when I get down, I met, I remember Harminder Singh Sandhu, who used to be very friendly with me until then. And he was getting married. And I said, you haven't invited me to your wedding. And he said, you should consider yourself lucky that you're a judge sick woman or you'd be dead. 
I mean, you know, wow. after that, you know, then Blue Star happened and I never saw him again. Wow. So, so, so I guess for him, the, the, the deal breaker was that uh, you wrote this article uh, yeah. criticizing his actions indirectly, right? You were indirectly criticizing his decision to take arms in the Darbar Sahib, which, yeah. uh, but he actually, I mean, this is very interesting. Like he thought this was, that was fine. Does he even understand that for when it comes to, especially for the Darbar Sahib, like I don't know a single Hindu family. Forget the Sikh, Sikh families. A single Hindu family in Amritsar that is not emotionally attached to the Darbar Sahib. They are all emotionally attached to it. So it's not like, uh, did he never understand that whether Hindu or Sikh, if they see arms inside the Darbar Sahib, they would feel hurt? Uh, no. He didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't a brilliant man or anything like that. And he knew that I knew that he didn't know much about the Sikh religion either. Right. Um, for instance, you know, that there's nowhere in the Granth Sahib, does it say that you have to, you can't cut your hair. Right. And so after he was killed, when I went back many times, when the thugs took over, then they, then there were real terrorists, you know, in, in the temple. And I remember saying to this spy, I said, Get take the Granth Sahib. He said, Guru Granth Sahib. I said, Take Guru Granth Sahib, which because Grugovin Singh made it clear that what he did, uh, you know, the creation of the Khalsa is not in the Granth. The, the, if you read the Granth, you know that it's all, it's Sufiistic. It's got, you know, Baba Farid and Kabir and, and, you know, Ram and Krishna are mentioned every two minutes. But you can't even tell that to ordinary Sikhs. They don't believe you. You know, they actually don't know that the, Hindu, that the gurus were all Hindus. They don't know that. They actually believe that they were Jat Sikhs. I mean, what can you do? Yeah, and, and the worst part is when you remind them they were all khatri. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were so these yeah. and bedis. Yeah, but then uh, this 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 personality of Pindravale, it's like, w then would you classify him as a classic narcissist who is uh, running on his own insecurities all the time then? Mm, no, I wouldn't classify him that way. Um, I think that the idea of uh, fighting the Indian state was something that somebody put into his head. I'm not sure who, because I think Pakistan got into the act much later. And when they saw this man there, and you know, when everyone was, was going to see him in the Golden Temple, big politicians from Delhi were coming. I think that somebody in Pakistan, uh, in the ISI or whatever, they decided to encourage him to, to start talking a new language. So, for instance, he would say, you know, Sadi Zainiyat Muslimana nal zyada mildiya. Excuse me, Kadot, we've been fighting. The Akal Takht was built a foot higher than the Mughal throne because they wanted to. That's where this idea of taking on the state comes from. It comes literally from the time that the Akal Takht was built as the, you know, the, the political symbol or, you know, the temporal symbol 
of the Sikh faith. There's only one occult takht. There are other, you know, takhts, but the occult takht was meant to be a place where the Sikhs could, you know, take on what they saw was injustice and fight it. Huh? And so, you know, but he was then talking this kind of language, you know, and after they killed him, I must tell you that there was two or three days after Blue Star, his followers had a, like an Akhand part. They didn't admit that he was dead. They didn't believe that he was dead. And in the Akhand part, I remember that, you know, there is a, uh, from the Granth, there's a Shabbat, which says, And they sing it like an azan, you know, with the, the rag that is, and they were playing this. And, you know, everyone was talking about how the Muslims, he'd managed to convince his followers that actually we had no fight with the Muslims, that our problem was the Hindus. Yeah, which, which is, uh, I don't know what word, this is insane, that he actually bought into that. But how much of his, was there any instance where you ever felt or you could sense you know, I mean, you were there, Shekhar was there, so many were there. Could you ever sense that he's getting scared now or he thinks his his stick is going to be exposed and it's his game is over kind of a thing? Or he was just so drunk on his own Kool-Aid that he never thought it could happen? You know, after he met General Shabeg Singh, you know, the General Shabeg Singh was a big war hero. He's one of the people who started the Mukti Vahini. And yeah. he was in the, he happened coincidentally because he was thrown out of the army in a very unjust way. The day before he was due to retire so that he does, didn't get a pension. So he actually won all the cases that the, the army put against him. And he and his wife were in the Guru Ramdas Navas uh, there to do, you know, like a hundred days of praying in the Darbar Sabas as a thank you. And Pindravali found him there. And by then, he seems to have developed a kind of paranoia that he, he, he felt the need to fortify the temple. So it was with Shabeg, uh, General uh, Shabeg Singh's help that he actually did the fortification. He couldn't have done it himself. His, his own followers were not capable of that. General Shabeg Singh was a proper an Indian Army general. And I remember... After I met General Shabeg Singh, I was so worried about what was going to happen that I, I remember coming to Rajiv Gandhi, uh, who at that point was not, you know, he was just general secretary, whatever. And I said, Rajiv, just arrange for this general to be given his pension and the problem will go away. But in Delhi, they, there were people who seemed to want this, you know, the the Golden Temple Olympics or whatever. They wanted this drama to happen and they didn't realize how well fortified it was. The army didn't know. They didn't know how many entrances there were. They didn't realize that at, till the last minute, what I've heard is from one of those guys who escaped at the last minute, from the, the Akaltas, there were at that point at least 10 exits into the city. You could go into one of the gullies and, and disappear. And there were, any number of instances, I mean, um, entrances which you could come in and go out from. And one of the uh, people, I mean, I've heard this, I didn't, I've only heard this from other people. One of the people who came out after Pindravali was killed 
says that when the firing got really bad and the Akaltakht was destroyed, he, General Shabeg, and, and that student leader whose name I keep forgetting, with an A, who was like Harminder Singh Sandhu. Uh, right. It'll come to I me. I blanked out on the name. I keep thinking of my nephew's name. Anyway, no, anyway, it's a name with an A. And these three came out. And Pindrawali Panti looked up and he said, Manukadi Mafni Karegi. And he they then they walked into the fire because there was you know tanks and everything there. And so the, he actually committed suicide, I think. But for the longest while, nobody believed he was dead. So now let's go into the phase after Pindramale has passed away, which uh, as I was talking to you offline, I think was probably the most brutal phase. Anybody who's uh, Punjabi after the partition, obviously the partition phase and, you know, everybody knows the kind of brutality that was unleashed on every side. Uh, But that was for X period of time, but this obviously lasted for a much longer period of time. Now, I want to compare this to two phases. One is the the pre-Pindrawale, post-Pindrawale phase. And now, uh, maybe after that, we can go to Pindrawale and the latest phenomenon of Pai Amritpal. Oh. Apparently, uh, you know, he, he has a name now. He's Pai Saab now. So uh, for all Punjabis, he's Pai Saab now. So oh. yeah, <laughs> the latest development oh. in, in stupidity of Punjabi culture. But Shame on the talk- media, by the way, to build up this man. Yeah. The media has yeah. done it this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I wanted to ask you because I saw a very important point that nobody is picking up. In fact, let's start there and then maybe we can. So you made a very important point on, in your talk with Barkha. You said there was a time when people used to investigate things themselves. It, like there were, there were journalists like you who would go out there and f- just not go by the state's version, right? The state, yeah. l- look at what, what is happening with Amritpal. Like there are leaked videos. Ek din wo Nepal mein hota hai, ek din East Delhi mein hota hai, ek din wo Patiala mein hota hai, ek din. Arey how can you? Or dusra wo bichare ki life ki story dekho from a Mercedes to scooty aa gaya wo bhai. It's press release journalism. Nobody, yeah. you know. I mean, there are more journalists in India now than I've ever seen in my entire life, and none of them are ready to go to. I mean, you know, if I was reporting at the moment, I'm, I'm not reporting. But if I was I, the first place I would have gone to when this man's when he attacked the police station, would have been to go to the uh, the village where he he was living, and you know investigate that. Do you know that the first real story I saw on Amrit Pal Singh was last month in India Today, where they talk about the, where a very good journalist who'd actually gone to the spot and you know met him and written about it. Otherwise, what we've got is this, you know, talking heads every evening, you know, it's just, it's not journalism what's going on, you know. And even um, Barkha, who's one of the best reporters that we have at the moment, I noticed that when she went to, you know, to cover after Amrit Pals, after this, you know, after the whole, he was, when they were looking for him, she went to talk to Granthis and police people, etc. Why did she not go to his home where his father was, you know, saying, why why didn't they come here and arrest him? He was here last night. Why did the police need to 
make this huge tamasha, that you let him go out in a procession? Why did they do it? I mean, these are questions that are very, very important because is the same game being played again? You know, for a start, I mean, I, I wrote a piece the other day. Nobody believes that there was never support for Khalistan in Punjab. After Pindrawali was killed, there was an, a thing called Operation Woodrose by the Indian Army. Punjab was under virtual martial law. You couldn't go in or come out of Punjab. And the, the soldiers went into the villages and any Sikh boy between the age of 16 and 30 was picked up. So these young boys started going across the border and the Bakis were, of course, delighted. And they went there, you know, because I actually went to Nankana Sam. I heard that they used to go, they used to go to the, you know, Nankana Sam was very close to Lahore. So there was there's a uh, Lahore Gurdwara where they would go and take shelter and in Nankana Sam. And from these Gurdwaras, they would be taken by the Pakistani army and trained. And that's when the terrorism began. When they came back and there were these random killings, you know, uh, it was actually after Rajiv Gandhi became prime minister that the problem really deepened because, you see, for a start, there was real terrorism then. And these same guys who'd been his followers, etc., were sitting in the Golden Temple without a leader. There was nobody, you know, guiding them or telling them what to do or think or whatever. What they had been when these trained terrorists came back, they just killed anyone, you know, that looked Hindu. And they started and they started killing uh, the uh, police officers, wives and children, etc. Now, you know, at that point, the, the, the Rajiv Gandhi and his advisors had brought in Ribeiro from Bombay. You know, Ribeiro could not have handled it. I mean, he was used to dealing with gangsters, not with religious fanatics. And it was only when KPS Gill, when when he took over, the first thing that he did was to go to the Darbarsa. And you know, he was a very tall man. I think he was six five or something. And he walked in and there was guns, you know, firing and snipers everywhere. And he walked all the way around. This very tall man went in, Mathatekot, and came out. And they realized that they were dealing with somebody who was, was going to talk to them in their own language. So then, you know, I mean, we know what happened. He he started when they killed police families, he killed theirs. And the support for them, you know, really died out. There was support for terrorism, never Khalistan. So so that's very interesting. Like, how do how would they distinguish? Like, they wanted to be a part of India, but they hated the Hindu or what? What was it? They, do you know, I don't know how many judge six, you know, but they don't think very logically. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, actually, they they tend to think, you know, uh, they they think with, uh, you know, it's all macho, you know, it's it's a it's a different breed, okay, and so they don't they didn't think any of this through. They if they if somebody actually went into the villages even now and said, "Do you want Khalistan?" They would say no. But they don't, but what they are trained to do by the religion itself is to fight what they see as injustice. Yeah. And now what is going on is has a reek of injustice in it, and which is what is very, very disturbing. Because, you know, for instance, 
it, he was in his house the night before he took out the procession, Amritpal Singh. His father said, why didn't you come and arrest him here? He was here with his very beautiful young wife. I mean, they, if they'd arrested him quietly and tried to talk to him, it would have been, you know, you would have defused the situation already. Instead of that, now we've got this manhunt going on and, you know, these insane kind of reports of, of you know, now you see him, now you don't, and, you know, now he's here. <coughs> and I don't know, he's he's announced that on Basaki he's going to show up at the Anandpur Sahib Gurdwara. I don't know. Yeah, he keeps oh. making... Uh, see, I don't buy a single version that comes out of that recent video has that has come out. Like, who knows where he is, to be very honest. Nobody knows what's happening. Everybody's just shooting in the dark. Uh, yeah. Everybody keeps talking to the government behind the scenes and the government gives some other answer. Yeah. Then one government official gives another answer. Everybody's press confused about journalism. what's Press release journalism. The government gives you a press release, you write it. You know, it's very unfortunate. Mm. But then, uh, okay, let's now compare. So, Pindravale is there, and then we we talk about the the arguably the most horrendous phase. Like, like I was telling you, know, uh, Punjabis who are from Mumbai, Delhi, they would not go to Punjab. Everybody knows that there was a phase from eighty four to ninety five, especially that te- yeah. that decade. Hum to yeah. nahi the. Like uh, families would be like, "Ha, phone pe baat kar lo, baki jana nahi hai because yeah, it was not decade. safe. Yeah, for, for a decade, decade, we yeah we did not go there. I remember my cousins telling me in Amritsar, in like a major area. I'm sure you know where Krishna Nagar and all those areas are. That's like a very nice area of Amritsar, very near to Lawrence Road and stuff like that. And he would tell me, "Oh, bar park me bedte the, yar terrorist." Bar park yeah. me bedte the, patte khelte the bedke. Mano la kya baat kar raha? Bolta ha ham dekhte the unko. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Or or koi kuch nahi karta tha. I was like, this is insane. So KPS Gill comes, KPS Gill clarifies. Now, do you really think uh, Pindrawale, whatever, I mean, I'm no fan. I mean, to, to in my eyes, he was a butcher. But the point is, he still had charisma without social media. And he was able to capture in, in whatever absurd sort of a way of a certain percentage of the population. In the case of Amritpal, what do you make of this guy? Like, two years ago, taxi is running. suddenly, his hair starts to grow. Then, he knows that Georgia has reached training. Lene. And then, the dude is over here now making all sorts of absurd remarks. Like, is he really... I mean, I don't see the kind of support for him that maybe was for Pindrawale in that, in that sense. Pindrawale's support came after they saw him as a Shaheed. Not, not before. When he was in the Golden Temple, he was he was actually a lot of people were very frightened of him. Uh, there was more fear than respect. So, for instance, I have a, a cousin who lives in a village in, uh, you know, in Punjab near Amritsar. And I went to, to, to into not interview him. I went, went wanted to check what was going on at the rural level. He found out that I who the cousin was. And some of his armed men arrived to threaten my cousin. Do you know, that's how his his intelligence network was so efficient that anyone who he thought would... So there was fear more than respect. After he was killed, and it was really because, you know, once the Darbar Sahib was attacked, you know, 
um, it became a very emotive kind of thing. And the Akal Takht then rebuilt in that crazy way. It has to be built with Kar Seva. It can't be built by the government, right? Indira Gandhi then builds the Akal Takht. So there was a lot of anger after over all these issues. Rather than, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe he was, he became a martyr because he ended up dead or whatever. But um, Amritpal Singh is a, is a more curious story. Because do you remember Deep Siddhu? Yeah. Deep Siddhu was Sunny Diol's, I put it in my column the other day, election agent. There are pictures of Deep Siddhu next to Narendra Modi. What, what was going on? And then suddenly Deep Siddhu emerges out of the, the farmers movement. And, you know, he's the only one who manages to go right up to the ramparts of the Red Fort and put up the Nishan Sam, take down the, you know, Indian flag. And then he gets bail. You know, I mean, we have poor little Omar Khalid who's been in jail for two and a half years without bail. How did this man appear? How did he disappear? Was it an accident in which he was killed? And then from him comes this uh, man. Suddenly, you know, he's obviously being propped up by political forces abroad. But I think within India, and that's very scary. You know what the interesting bit is? I think it was the Tribune Chandigarh that had reported this, where Deep Sidhu found Amritpal to be so fanatical that he blocked him, blocked Amritpal on social media. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, diya gaya? kind of a situation. I mean, yeah. and Deep Siddhu thought he was a uh, he was the alpha, and then Amritpal yeah. comes in and Deep is like, okay, this guy is crazy, man, and, <laughs> and he blocked him. And then apparently, uh, Amritpal has kind of done a, a, a coup of a sort on on Varis Punjab Day. Like there was no proper system or voting done from reports. He just took over uh, Varis it. Punjab. Day. Yeah. yeah, he grabs it, and now and. So what do you make of this curious situation? So Amritpal ka driver tak pakda gaya hai. Amritpal ka advisor pakda gaya hai. Uska financier pakda gaya hai. Jo Dubai mein uske saath tha. Jo I think that that guy has also cut his hair. Very interestingly, most people around Amritpal have cut their hair. Which is such an issue. If you remember Pindrawale, how he was used to be obsessed with not cutting hair. Yeah. Like even yeah. Shekhar has Shekhar had mentioned this. He's like Pindrawale, yeah. half of the lectures were about case ni kapne, case ni kapne, uh -huh. kind of a yeah. thing. Uh -huh. But you look at uh, Amritpal Singh, you know, people around him, I observed that he himself had cut his hair. That is the first art thing. And that's why I think he took so much time to come to India because he had to grow his hair and all of that. But Everybody around him is caught. How is it that the state cannot catch him? You tell me. You tell me. I mean, I keep saying what his father said. Why didn't you arrest him here? He was here last night. Why did you have to do this huge drama? I mean, you know, I don't know what the Punjab government is up to. Uh, I've never trusted Arvind Kejriwal. You know, I mean, Arvind Kejriwal is um is we talk about narcissism I, I think that he's probably more narcissistic than Amritpal Singh and you know we don't know what he's up to because you know the, the Punjab government is being run from Delhi and everybody knows this you, you talk to the average you know uh, Punjabi Sikh and he said yeah now you know that that was what happened when Pindrawale became prominent because you can't do that. It's a border state. You you cannot afford to re 
repeat the mistakes of the past. And frankly, what I see is a complete repetition of those mistakes. So, okay, now I want to talk about, and maybe this could be the last segment before we wrap it up. What do you make of this whole diaspora uh, interference in Indian matters? Now, when I say uh, I have gone, studied in Canada, lived in Canada, I keep going back and forth. I can't relate to those people. I, I say this with full responsibility. When I remember going to a Gurdwara there in Canada, that was the first time I went to study in Canada. I got the shock of my life, the amount of radicalism that you see in young Punjabi boys. The, and, and mostly Jat Sikhs because they are the ones who have migrated there. Whether we like it or not, that is the ma majority caste that has migrated there. It is insane. Now, what has your experience been as someone, you know, who clearly criticizes this lot a lot? So how do you handle them? Like, they too will call, call you Kaum De Gadar. Like, uh, Sherbir had come on the podcast. Sherbir was like, who are these people? I don't understand them when I go out there. And he has more experience in London than in Canada. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think that, that there is an innate, uh, you know, there are, various Shabads in the Guru Granth Sahib. Uh, for a start, you know, don't forget that the creation of the Khalsa uh, was by Guru Gobind Singh and not, not put, he didn't put the teaching into the, you know, into the Granth. But these guys, you know, when you live away from your country, um, none of them speak, I mean, maybe they speak Punjabi, but I'm sure they do. But, you know, they don't really... Uh, connect to anything other than the faith, right? And for them, the, the most important thing about the faith is the creation of the Khalsa. So Amrit Pal Singh, I don't know whether you know, he, he said, somebody asked him, do you want Khalistan? And he said, no, I'm trying to revive Sikhi. And for that, I have to revive the Khalsa. So those guys have only that idea of the faith. If you told them, that it's a Sufi religion. It's, you know, that Guru Nanak never intended it to be this kind of insane sort of, you know, militant religion. It became militant for a specific purpose. They were fighting a very uh, unjust ruler in Delhi. But it's not meant to be, you know, to go on. But these guys, their parents migrated, you know, and they probably the only thing that they have left in their connection with the Sikh religion is the Gurdwara. And, you know, all preachers, in my view, um, as somebody who really has no time for religion, they're all guilty of creating fanaticism, whether they're Hindu or Muslim or Sikh. And so their connection is not a political connect, but a religious connect. And they've fed all sorts of nonsense, you know. I mean, probably other than the... And, you know, they're not big readers. They're not reading history and poetry, etc. They're reading the Granth. You know, if you if all your teaching comes, it's it's the same with, with Islam, you know. And secondly, we mustn't ever underplay um, the possibility that Pakistan is very involved in encouraging these these young men to, you know, to take on India. Because you know what is Pakistan left with other than to create trouble in India? Yeah, I think uh, it, it's ironical in in many ways that people don't understand that 
I have Pakistani friends and I once you know I recently was on a Pakistani YouTube channel and they asked me ke kab hamari beech mein dosti hogi and I was like yaar aapko samajh padta hai ki Pakistan was created out of the hatred of something aapki fundamental mein hatred hai main kya karu main to hamesha yahan tha we were always here aap bhi hamare sath hi the now if you have left it is a serious problem and jab tak aapki yeah. state ki policy state. Yeah, it's a failed it's a state. state. It's a it's a nuclear failed state. And what can they, what else can they do? And by the way, the envy of India. You know, I know Pakistan very well, and it always shocks me um, how envious they are. Because you know, India has even though they've attacked Bombay and they've done all sorts of things, India has managed to carry on. You know, and um, okay, we've got a few Hindutva lunatics running around at the moment. but you know basically india is okay pakistan is not pakistan is not okay so they will continue to use the diaspora to make trouble for india yeah i always say this if pakistan in the pakistani state so when i'm using the pakistani state is like that deranged boyfriend who refuses to accept that the girl has dumped him and moved on and he keeps on heckling the girl all the time yeah. he इसी बहाने तो मुझे याद रखेगी कि मैं तुझे तंग करता रहूंगा काइंड ऑफ इट्स वियर्ड सो सो बिफोर बिफोर वी इट अप लेट्स से यू नो व्हाट्स द बेस्ट प्लेस टुडे लेट्स लॉर्ड्यूबीन mark tally's famous book or or so so where, where would you tell those young children to start ki jao bachcho ye padhna shuru karo to tumhe samajh padega kya ho raha hai when it comes to this whole punjab fiasco they they're not going to read they, you know let's forget about that they, they 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 probably can't even read but what is what is very frightening is the drugs in in punjab and what we, a good punjab government needs to do is to make sure the jobs are created where these guys can be employed because the unemployed youth so you know i mean they're sitting there idle and doing all this narcotics business and do you know i i have a friend who was in the a sikh jatsik who was in the army and he said there was a time in punjab where you could out of 10 jatsik boys 10 out of 10 would get into the army they were so okay he said now if you can get 1 out of 10 we would be lucky now that really terrified me because then pakistan has done this because the drugs are coming from there the uh, you know the the propaganda against hindus is coming from there but basically you know you've got to it's it's an economic problem as much as it is anything else and you've got to create the jobs in punjab you know and i don't see any sign of that happening okay but punjab mein to tavleen everybody has led punjab down and i i i i've never hidden my political voting patterns or anything everybody i am very open about this but the point is whether it's the akalis and at most of the times the akalis and bjp were together in this so you know before somebody says are tu to openly bjp ko vote karta hai i was like wo main transparency ke liye bolta hu main kiske liye vote karta hu it doesn't mean i don't have a functioning brain right but the bjp akali combine has screwed punjab congress has screwed punjab now yeah. i don't know what aap is doing to punjab i mean the same thing they are doing yeah. it with knobs on you know i mean the, yeah. the, the, the aap is going to finish punjab 
So, in you know, also there's a political vacuum. And when there's a political vacuum, then a religious fanatic appears out of nowhere. And we don't know who's behind him. It's all very, it's very disturbing. You know, I mean, I've been making light out of it, but it's actually a very, very worrying situation. Yeah, I, I, I hope and uh, I can't say pray, I'm a Gnostic. So I hope uh, that uh, this thing gets solved. And uh, the my only glimmer of hope right now is that the Indian state capacity, just purely from uh, the period of time, the state capacity has improved. Technology has improved. The app apparatus is much better trained, especially, you know, uh, forces like the Punjab police. I think they are very well trained in counterterrorism ops post yeah. KPS Gil Saab. And uh, I hope they are able to control this. And I don't know what uh, this uh, this chief minister is going to do in Punjab, but let's hope for the best. But Tavleen, thank you very much for coming. I, I've and and I say this with all seriousness. Uh, I, I grew up reading a lot of things uh, that you would write, uh, Shekhar would write, and I and uh, at least on behalf of my generation, I want to thank you guys. Aap log se baat sikha, and I hope some of us can you know continue building on those things and. Once again, thank you very much for coming to speak with me. You're, you're welcome. I enjoyed talking to you. Right. All right, guys, we'll wrap it up once again in the description. You can go and follow Tavleen on social media. Uh, I'll keep the links to the muckrack. You can go and read. There are a few amazing books that uh, uh, these were a collection of articles. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. There were like 12 articles where, and it was a compendium. And then there were other books also. So there are a lot of books that uh, I would recommend you guys to read uh, on Tavleen. And uh, you can uh, go on and um, read all of them. I, I would also recommend a few videos that Shekhar Gupta has recently done on the Khalistan issue, you would you you would really benefit from going and reading those issues also. But all in all, once again, thank you very much uh, for watching this. Please subscribe to the Charvak Podcast YouTube channel, like this video, leave your comments in the comment section. And remember, this is a member-driven podcast. If you can, please become a member of the Charvak Podcast. It's very important that this podcast remains member-driven so that I can experiment with subjects. So do that. Also, you can go to kushalmera.com.shop and buy the merchandise. And you can also send your donations to UPI, to Kushal Mehra at ICICI. I will see you guys next time. Until then, namaste. Take care. Bye.